2: We're back
3: oh my god we're back
2: uh i mean we're we're gonna try i think the plan is that with your work around we are going to try to get the rest of season two done in in a quick fashion have a little bit of a break maybe take off the sunday between christmas and new year's and then kick off 2024 diving straight into season three i think that that Makes the most sense for us, uh, and then you know you have plenty of time for that thing to get fixed. Uh, but yeah. we also like for the people who are listening, we intend it to record. So Joe and I haven't have watched these episodes like two, three weeks ago, and we're pulling fresh off the top of our brains. But we're kicking off episode nineteen, the Rager. Do you know what is the special thing about this episode, Joe? Um, tell me. We are officially halfway through the entire series of the OC. Oh God! With this episode.
3: <laughs> Shut up.
2: Yeah. So I mean, by that math, it was it would be almost exactly two years when we finish it all uh, of doing this this fun adventure down. Well, for you, memory lane. For me, just the nostalgia of my college years. Wow. And here we go. Let's let's dive into The Rager. So The Rager is the episode where we finally start to see things crumble for Troy in a big, bad way, right? Like, in previous episodes, it's been slight misunderstandings or him doing something that's kind of off, but, like, in his mind, it's a justified means to an end, Mm-hmm this episode we get to some old school OC stuff cuz someone almost dies in yep. the in the Cohen's pool. So the setup of this episode is that they're going to throw a big ass party for Troy at Marissa's house and what's supposed to be like the core 4 plus Troy suddenly turns into the can't hardly wait party. It yeah. is like the party of the century here. Ryan is not helping the situation with Troy at the start of this episode. Uh, he's just, I, I've thought about this before. I've talked about this, I think on the show before, like there is an element of when something goes wrong and you are hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Like they there, be it that your friend is doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing or whatever. Mm-hmm. The example I always use is drugs, right? Yeah. Let's say you have a friend who's been, you know, abusing drugs for a really long time and it's really put a strain on your friendship. Um, and they finally get clean, and you know, that's you're you're excited that they're clean, but you have a guard up. And There's no reason that you shouldn't have that guard up. But at a certain point, if that guard never starts to come down, Mm -hmm. it's almost you're almost giving that person more of a reason to relapse. Right. You're you're giving them this message of I don't care. Even if you do do better. You will never fix this damage cuz you're a piece of shit and I don't love you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's not what you're directly saying, but that is how it will be interpreted.
3: Have you ever watched uh Suits?
2: I have not. Okay. I have not.
3: Yeah, it, there's a there's a plot line in the second season of Suits that is very much um a like character who is new is not new to the mytho- is not new to the canon of the of the series but it's the first time you actually like see this character <laughs> in um uh like he actually comes back uh quote unquote comes back to the firm and they treat him like a piece of shit and for me it's like well you kind of self-fulfilled the prophecy, right? Like you treated him like a villain the entire time. And so he was like, well, if I'm not gonna, um, if you're not gonna believe that, then I'm just gonna do it.
2: Exactly. And I feel like Ryan, more than almost anybody, Mm -hmm. causes Trey to continue to go down the dark path that Trey goes, at least at the start of this episode. Mm -hmm. He is not giving him even a, a short rope, Um, he's, he's already ready to accuse him of pretty much everything. Um, Marissa and Seth decide to go visit Troy. Ryan really doesn't. Um, and is this the episode? Yeah, this is the episode. I actually, my heart broke during this episode. So Marissa finds out that it's Troy's 21st birthday coming up. Ryan puts his foot down with Marissa and Troy Mm -hmm. saying, like, don't you go hang out with him, which 100% means that she's going to ignore him Mm -hmm. and go hang out. Uh, And what this leads to is when Ryan shows up at Troy's house to find the drugs that he thinks that Troy has. Mm -hmm. Troy has the line... And to think when I saw you, I thought my brother's going to take me out to breakfast for my birthday. Ugh. Like that line is absolutely devastating. And that is an origin story line. Even though Ryan does have a change of heart. I think that that is the moment that Troy gets into his fuck it mindset that I'm sure will carry us to the end of this season. But like, holy crap, does that line hit in a big, bad way? Um, Now, while this is all happening, this is like the Marissa Ryan-Troy triangle that's Mm -hmm. happening there. Seth and Zach are meeting uh, the person who's supposed to be interested in their comic book, someone named Reed, who, shocker, is a girl who likes comic books and, for you Wet Hot American Summer fans, is played by the star of Wet Hot American Summer who played Katie in that movie. Uh, So... That made me get really excited. I was like, I know that winning smile anywhere. <laughs> but already I'm like, well, this is going to be like the OC I've noticed in just two seasons has a real, well, this worked before, so let's just do that storyline a second time. Right. And and we're clearly just getting into like Zach and Seth and summer, but now there's Reed and could it be Zach and Seth for like it's just it's all it's all very much repetitive stories over and over and over and over and over again. While this is happening, Julie Cooper gets the information that because of the sex tape, she is no longer going to be on the cover of the Newport Living magazine and she's totally fine with it. Or at least so she seems, because then she threatens to shoot Lance, (laughs) Um, which is another twist I didn't anticipate. And I must ask a question, Joe, and you can give me a yes or no, but has Julie Cooper just introduced the murder weapon for the end of this season?
3: (laughs) She Chekhov's gun hit is what you're asking (laughs) me?
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, did she buy the gun that will ultimately be Troy's demise? I don't know. Um, Trey, Trey's demise. <laughs> uh,
3: I, I, Trey, Troy. It all blends the same. Um, I know if I if memory serves, because I've not watched beyond, I've not rewatched beyond what we're doing for this recording session. Um, no, it's not the same. But the okay, I mean the very concept of a gun, right? Is there is yeah. there, but. Like a lot has to happen, um, to get it where it needs to go. Let's put it that way. All right.
2: Fair um, enough. Fair enough. And those like so
3: it, the, the Julie stuff doesn't intersect with the Troy the Trey stuff. Okay. Good to know.
2: Uh, so Trey shows up at Marissa's house. We get a very low energy three person surprise. Uh, when he walks in the door, kind of lame. Won't lie, wouldn't wouldn't have won my heart and mind over, but Ryan is there, and that really makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. And then the next time we see this party, there are just random strangers showing up. Um, and you know, I I wrote down, oh fun, Coke is at this party. That shouldn't be the recipe for a relapse for both Trey or Marissa. Yeah. Um. Like, just, it is insane. Marissa wanders into a three-way happening in her bedroom at one point. Like, this party is off the wall. And all while this is happening, Julie Cooper is having a delightful time with Lance because she has concluded that Caleb is going to divorce her. Yeah. Um, And then Lance offers very subtly to murder Caleb for Julie Cooper.
3: <laughs> and
2: I just wrote in all caps, are we going to have a murder subplot
3: in this season? Not just a murder sub it's not even really murder for hire, right? It's like
2: murder for revenge. Murder
3: for revenge, but like it's a little like it's a little like Tanya Harding, you know, like Galuli, you know that that's that's what it's giving, but it's, it's just, it also, like, this is a wild thing because it just like, hey, remember when I tried to blackmail you? Uh, that's what I
2: mean. This is a huge yeah. escalation from blackmail to, like, assassination offer. Yeah. Um. And then, I mean, that's kind of all we get in this episode. Like I said, they find a girl drowning in a pool. She was a girl who was in a bedroom alone with Trey earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey confesses to being the person who gave the girl drugs. We all kind of draw the conclusion that, like, I drew the conclusion right away, like, he's probably doing this to keep Marissa out of jail because he didn't confess until the handcuffs came out for Marissa. Mm -hmm. Um, it could also be true, you know, like, I'm like, like, he could have actually been the one who dealt the drugs and thought he'd get away with it and then saw Marissa getting handcuffed and said, All right, well, let me just, uh, confess. Mm-hmm. so that she doesn't take the hit for this, or he could have been confessing to a crime he didn't commit. We will find out in the coming weeks on that one. Um, but so far, I mean, you know what? Mostly a very fun Episode despite the almost death of a person in a pool. Despite a drug uh, this,
3: overdose, a solicitation, murder for hire.
2: <laughs> well, especially knowing what the next two episodes have in store for me, this is about as fun as it's gonna get, I yeah. think,
3: until season three. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like yeah, I, really I think up
3: it's... the darkness.
0: <laughs> yeah. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan.
2: We had a couple weeks where there was not much of a music budget on this show but that was not the case no. in this week's episode so we get uh of Montreal Requiem for omM this is what happens when summer's talking to Ryan about the comic book uh, I hope I wrote that right she's talking this summer talked to Ryan about a comic book or did I write Ryan instead of Seth this is the downside of it being all together. Three weeks. It's all blending together. Um, the Obscurities, Stop Dragging Me Down, plays when Summer and Marissa are planning to throw a party for Trey. The is Under the Milky Way, plays when Julie meets Lance at the bar. Uh, Daft Punk's Technologic uh, plays when Trey saves Seth from a beatdown at the party. And now here we go with some real hits. White snakes, Here I Go Again, plays as Julie Cooper and Lance dance at the bar. Uh, LCD uh, sound system, Daft Punk is playing at my house, plays when Summer bumps into Reed at the bathroom and finds out the truth of who Reed is, Poison's Every Rose Has Its Thorn plays as Lance and Julie share a slow dance, and then finally Way Out West Melt plays as Ryan and Marissa talk on her bed before all the shit goes down. Joe, I'm going to say it right now for me the song of the week has to go to White Snake Here I Go Again. <laughs> I love I love Julie Cooper and her 80s hair metal obsessed ass.
3: <laughs> um I I'm going just because I love the song. Okay, I don't care. I don't care about why or how it fits into the like narrative structure, the diagesis of everything. I just fucking love uh Technologic by uh Daft Punk. Just like okay. it, me laying it's down a good ass just song. like a gay boy listening to tech like you know it. make Yes give it to me.
2: Like. <laughs> Man, Daft Punk making the soundtrack of robots fucking since nineteen ninety eight. Um Joe, this is very exciting because we are officially doing pop culture promo where there is no strike anymore. Yeah.
3: Writers and life. actors,
2: everything is everything is good to go. The the path is clear. Um and I want to talk about something that The OC is probably a huge inspiration on uh after almost 20 years. The second season of one of my favorite cartoons dropped on Max this year. Uh, and it did not get as much attention and praise as it deserved. Clone High. Clone High, season two, on Max now, absolutely hysterical. Uh, it takes a little bit to adjust to the voice acting being different. But for those of you who don't know what Clone High is, Joe, are you familiar with Clone High? Is no, this one that's completely- I have no idea.
3: Okay.
2: I think we've talked about
3: Clone High before. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so Clone High was created by Phil Lord and Chris Miller who like went on to be some of the biggest uh creative minds in Hollywood creating like 20 the 21 Jump Street movies, Cloudy with a Chance, um the Lego movie, um but their very first outing was this weird obscure MTV cartoon called Clone High that was produced by Bill Lawrence. So the whole first season, this is like the fun fact about this show. The whole first season was produced at the hospital where they filmed Scrubs. Bill Lawrence converted one of the rooms in the hospital to be a sound studio. So almost all of the voice acting is Scrubs regulars. Okay. Uh, So they would just grab random cast members and be like, Zach Braff, we need someone to play Paul Revere for a scene. And he would just like come down, he would take the elevator down to where the sound studio is and like do a quick, a few lines as Paul Revere. And they'd be like, oh, we need someone to be George Washington Carver. Send Donald Faison down. Like... So it's if you're a Scrubs fan, it's a great like combination piece. But the concept is that a mad scientist has decided to clone all of the greatest world leaders in history to try to save the world. Um, and while doing it, they have to grow at a normal rate. So they build a town called Cloneville, and there's a high school called Clone High. And now all of these clones are high schoolers. And from that point... Every episode is a parody of a very special episode of a teen drama show. Oh, God. Oh God. Uh, but with all of the characters being like Abe Lincoln. So, like, Abe Lincoln's the geek who's in love with his best friend, Joan of Arc, who's the goth girl. Um, or, no, sorry, Joan of Arc is the goth girl who's in love with her best friend. Abe Lincoln, who's the geek, but he's in love with the most popular girl in school, which is Cleopatra. And Cleopatra is dating JFK, who's the most popular boy in school. And then what got them in a lot of trouble was that Mahatma Gandhi is a crazy party animal best friend to uh, Abe Lincoln. And people did not like seeing Gandhi depicted as a hard drinking party kid. Um, and like the episodes are so perfect. Like, Every episode is so good at capturing that that OC Beverly Hills 90210, like, over-the-top teen drama. So, like, I remember one of the episodes, <laughs> one of the episodes starts off where they're just like, Tonight on Clone High, one of your favorite clones dies. And it's like, it keeps flashing the five main characters, and then a character you've never seen before <laughs> in the history of the show. And of course, that's the clone that dies. Of course. So like they have to like very quickly introduce the character just to kill him. <laughs> like and it's Ponce de Leon and he's voiced by Luke Perry and is drawn to look exactly like Luke Perry from like Beverly Hills 90210. Like it's it's so smart, it's so witty. Last it five episodes on MTV got canceled had this cult following for like 20 years. And as Phil Lord and Chris Miller have like just ascended into making like the biggest financial successes in Hollywood for the last like 15 years, um, doing like the, the amazing Spider-Man or the uh, across the Spider-Verse movies and all that stuff. Every interview they're like, they've said our only goal is to become famous enough to bring clone high back to television. Like it's almost like it was their baby. And the fact that that thing got stamped out they were just like, we will become famous in spite of this, and we will bring back the thing that we created and cared about because everything else has been adaptations. This is their only original concept show. Yeah. Um, they did a lot of like 2023 changes. Uh, so you know, having a white woman voice Cleopatra. No longer the case. So they they got someone who was of the proper descent to voice that character, to replace that voice character. Um very creatively though, the actress who voiced Cleopatra became the adopted mother to Cleopatra. They're like, okay, well, we'll just, you know, she can be adopted by anybody. So they made a, a yeah. white woman that that is Cleopatra's foster mom. And then uh Gandhi is completely written out of the show. Like just They're, uh, slight spoiler alert, but they all get cryogenically frozen at the end of the first season. Mm. Um, and there's this ongoing joke where they're just like, I feel like somebody's missing. And then it just cuts to just a Gandhi frozen alone in like the area where everyone got frozen. That's kind of just how they've written him completely out of the show Mm -hmm. for, for safety's sake. Uh, but it is, it was a really good season. It was really good. I think they're going to do two or three more seasons of this on Max. But it's hard to say because Max, at the time that we're recording this, just announced that their Looney Tunes film is just not coming out. They're going to back girl the the Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner movie that they made with John Cena, um, even though it had huge test audience responses. So, like, who knows? Studio heads be crazy. Yeah. (laughs) is what we learned over the last year.
3: Yeah, I think I saw, um, I think it was Naomi Perrigan, uh the comedian posted um, a screenshot of an article about the end of the SAG strike. And it was basically like the moral of this whole of the moral of the story of Hot Strike Summer was that Hollywood, the Hollywood dream machine is just a machine, is just yeah. an industry that is that grinds people out and like, all of the magic is kind of gone. Like we, it is exposed, if you will, the fact that like, um, like people can no longer suspend the disbelief of like why things happen the way they do. They just know that it all has to do with the fact that it's, a um, a giant capitalist system.
2: Yeah. Well, it also brings to question, like, I think about this a lot with doing one hit thunder, Like, it is easier to become a one-hit wonder than it is to become an artist who has a long-lasting public career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when you think of, like, even, you know, even, like, groups that maybe had two or three or sometimes, like, five hits. Like, look at Hootie and the Blowfish, right? Like, Hootie and the Blowfish is a band who, on their first album, had, like, five or six songs that were massive top 40 songs that could not repeat that same success for the rest of their career. And the only other time that they've even sniffed a chart was when Darius Rucker went solo. Mm-hmm. Like, it is it is so hard to, to sustain that. And you look at, like, actors and directors and writers. And, like, doing Horror Movie Night sometimes, we find, like, this movie was financially successful, but director got sick and wasn't able to do anything for two or three years. And in those two or three years, the window and doors closed fully. Like that was just it. Like, Mm -hmm. like you, you have to, I think a lot about like wrestling, you find these wrestlers who will continue to work with like sincere back and shoulder injuries because they know that the, there is no guarantee that the push that they're getting at that moment will still be there. Yeah. When they come back from recovery, it's, it is a machine that, like you said, it grinds up people, um, without a care or an ounce of empathy. And to a certain extent, like we, the consumers are just as bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, like we, absolutely, we, the consumers decide, oh, that's old. I don't care anymore. You know what I mean? Like we, we are so quick to snarkily write off everybody the second that they are, uh, passe you know I don't love Imagine Dragons but Imagine Dragons is literally getting the Nickelback treatment right now of just like well this is the big popular rock band so fuck them they're the worst band of all time mm-hmm. everybody who listens to it's an idiot be like I, I remember hearing the comedian say like everyone hates Kenny G but somehow he sold however million records so someone's buying it and lying yep. <laughs> like so you know we're just we're we're a fickle we're a fickle Group of human beings sometimes, Joe. Uh, but well, what's we, not fickle
3: is we what your pop like culture him. pick
2: could be. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was,
3: last comment, then I'll go to my thing. Uh, we we are very concerned with like not letting people have their joy, right? It's like it's so much easier to shit on something that's popular because it's popular. But at the end of the day, like we know that like there are people who love it, and just like let them have it, right? Like is Kenny G like? Is Kenny G my favorite jazz artist? No. Is Kenny G a jazz artist? Yes, question mark. Um. Am I grateful for him for bringing the sound of the soprano saxophone to everybody? Sure. Why not? Uh. Besides I've <laughs> besides ne- uh, band geeks, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, but here's the thing. I don't think that if I heard Kenny G and didn't know it was Kenny G, I wouldn't think it was anything different than any other jazz music that I was listening to anywhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'd just be yeah. like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, but for some reason it was just because he was the most famous one and he had that ridiculous look yeah like it was just like this guy sucks he was a white <laughs> guy
3: with like a perm like <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah so my pop culture thing is um you know i there are there's certain many there's uh, there's a lot of things that i on the on the network's that have been uh that have been uh that we're striking or like we're striking against right that i haven't watched yet so um like i want to talk about like uh gen v i want to talk about upload but i just haven't made it there and like part of me is just kind of like waiting for like when the longer winter holiday vacation comes for me so that way i can like just like power through and power through and power through Just gonna like lay veg and enjoy but i don't have to like worry about getting interrupted and it can just be a complete yeah
2: there's there's something very enjoyable about literally just plopping your ass on the couch hitting play on a tv show and not getting up from the couch yeah like that level of plowing through not like oh i'm just gonna stomach this to get it over with yeah
3: so um, with that being said, I <laughs> my um, pop culture pick this week is actually an album. Um, it is the album. It came out in like end of May, early June of this year. Uh, it is by Broadway legend Adina Menzel, and it is called Drama Queen.
2: Uh, I think you got that name incorrect.
3: Uh, Adele Dazeem, <laughs> the wickedly <Yes>. talented <laughs> Adele Dazeem. <laughs> And, uh, she released an album that's essentially a disco album. Ooh. And it's actually, it's very good. Like (laughs) there's, (laughs) there's songs on it that are just like, she has like the perfect voice. We're also living in like the Kylie Minogue Renaissance right now. So she, she kind of has like a similar, a similar sound as like the disco album from Kylie Minogue. Um, but it's, it's definitely her own thing. And like, it is so much fun. It is danceable. Um, there's a song in there called, uh, dramatic where okay. like, I just want like a drag queen to come out and do like a song. Cause it's like talking about how she's so dramatic. And I'm like, oh, I just want, it's a perfect, like, uh, it's like a perfect gay disco album that I don't think I knew I needed.
2: Love it. I will have to check that out because I think in the last two years, I've really come to appreciate uh, original, like the old school disco of the seventies. Sure. And then all of a sudden I found myself enjoying like sister scissors and all of these other like. Yes. (laughs) These (laughs) disco adjacent uh, bands from the last 20 years. So I'm sure I will adore that just as much. Yeah, you will. Um, Now, what I'm not sure if I'll enjoy is (laughs) the next couple episodes of The O.C. So let's stay tuned. And we'll be back next week with even more of these white people problems.